0: Sophie Hardy and the Internet Implant by Emma Dale Narrated by Leona Hall Chapter 3 The News Miss Sissons did the register, then sent Ryan Myers down to the office to take it. It was custom for him to take the register in order to give him a job to do. Mrs. Tabard appeared at the door a few minutes later demanding dinner money and letters from anyone that was on the list, including Ryan, despite him having just taken the register down. Everyone paid up instantly, but they were all a bit baffled at the idea that they might have letters to return and dinner money debts to pay on their first day back. After the kerfuffle with Mrs. Tabard, Miss Sissons turned to face a class of children that were perched on the edge of their seats, almost drooling with anticipation of what was happening on the field. "'I take it you've all seen the field?' Miss Sissons asked, knowing full well that they all had. "'Yes,' came the response from the class, except for Ryan, who just shrugged and pretended he wasn't bothered.' They all shuffled even further forward on their chairs. They were practically hovering in front of them. Well, you know how Mr Houghton can get excited about things that aren't that exciting and sometimes the things he describes aren't all that great. The whole school, practically the whole village, knew that Mr Houghton liked to sometimes let his enthusiasm get the better of him. However, the children thought he was wonderful and his reputation for over-exuberance always brought a smile to their faces, especially amongst the older children. Although, as Miss Sissons said this, they slumped in their chairs as they could feel a huge anti-climax coming. This isn't one of those occasions, Miss Sisson said. The whole class sat bolt upright again and Miss Sissons carried on. Here, in our humble village, are some people from Shadow. Well, one person, she said enthusiastically, waving her hands about as she talked, like she always did when she was excited about something. On our very own playground is the man himself, the inventor of the implant... Alton King. The class fell about themselves. They accused Miss Sissons of lying, thought she was joking and pulling their leg but she assured them she wasn't. Miss Sissons continued her enlightenment. Shadow, well Mr King, said they wanted a village primary school somewhere in England to announce some news about the company and so ran a competition for schools to enter and apply. Mr Houghton entered our school and we were chosen. Exhilaration grew exponentially within the class. The children would be the envy of anyone and everyone they knew at other schools and could live off this for years. The world's media and Alton King, the richest, smartest man on earth, were on their field. When do we get to go outside and see? Yasmin asked, brushing her hair with her fingers in an effort to make it smart for the cameras. Miss Sissons looked at the clock and began to count on her fingers. She must have reached about 15 before putting her fingers down and quite calmly said... "'Oh, in about two minutes?' "'Never had so many girls, and indeed boys, "'asked to go to the toilet and do their hair so quickly. "'There was a mad rush for every mirror. Five minutes later, all the children were back in their seats, "'looking a lot less like it was the first time "'they'd gotten up early in six weeks "'than they had a few minutes before. "'There was only Katie who hadn't made a move for a mirror.' "'Are you ready to go outside now?' asked Miss Sissons. "'Er, uh, yes,' Sophie and Yasmin said in perfect unison, "'as if affectionately talking to an idiot.' Miss Sissons smiled as she knew the two of them so well to know they were just excited and said, ''Okay then, straight line at the door.'' Yasmin and Sophie leapt to the front. ''Yas and Soph, you two will have to go to the back.'' ''What for?'' Yasmin asked nervously. ''Being cheeky and talking to me like that,'' Miss Sissons replied with a smug look on her face. The pair crumpled their mouths in fake anger and took themselves to the back as Miss Sissons mimicked their facial expressions. Everyone else smiled and rolled their eyes. After a few squabbles and a bit of pushing, Class 6 were ready to go out and take part in history. The idea that Alton King was here was enough distraction for most of the children. However, Sophie had thought beyond that and was thinking, why? Why would he want a school? The children quietened down completely and started sneaking out of the door onto the field. With Miss Sissons at the head of the line, anticipation grew. Being in the classroom that was the furthest away, year six arrived at the field last out of all the classes and saw all the other children from school spread out across the grass staring up at something. They were used to seeing a wide open space of green that they'd all spent many hours running around in, but today a very different, far more exciting sight greeted them. The amount of trucks and vans seemed to have more than doubled and now the field had been completely engulfed by people and transport. A huge stage which had a massive black roof and powerful looking spotlights at the front as well as a grey backdrop and sole microphone in the centre of it had been built at the school end of the field and what could only be referred to as a pen had been put up in front of it. There were mats from the PE cupboard that were usually used for gymnastics for the younger ones to sit on and the benches that the year sixes were allowed to use in assembly for them to sit on at the back. Filing into the pen, Sophie looked away from the stage behind the barriers. There were lines of cameras and people attaching things, removing things and building things on them in an effort to get the perfect view of what was to come. Cameramen were climbing over each other, poking each other in the eye or standing on other people's fingers just to be the one with a clear shot. All around the fence that circled the field, local residents and people from further afield had gathered on ladders to peer over and see what the fuss was about. Mr Houghton, who was now at the front of the stage, was pointing to where he wanted each class to sit. The teachers, who were supposed to be making sure that all the children who might shout out and disrupt were on the end of each row, so that they could be dragged out at any moment's notice, were also getting distracted by what was happening around them, and so children were basically sitting wherever they wanted. Finally, reaching their positions on the benches, the Year Sixes took their seats. In front of them was the rest of the school, with the new foundation stage children, who were mostly still not bothered at having to leave their parents, sat at the front like meerkats in an effort to see the absolute nothing that was happening on stage. Yasmin and Sophie had fought their way back through the line and had ended up in the middle of the class, right in the centre to look at the stage. Kate had shuffled down from where she was and the three friends sat together. The enormity of the stage hit home once they'd sat down. It looked more like something set up for a rock concert than a school field. Only the most famous, richest, cleverest man on earth could warrant something as extraordinary as this. Through the mutterings of confusion from everyone, Mrs. Tabard walked herself onto the stage, took the microphone out and screeched at one of the year threes and silence descended across the entire field and beyond. Cameron, you've forgotten your lunchbox. Your mum has dropped it off and I've left it for you in the classroom. Everyone turned to stare at Cameron, who was turning bright red and not taking his eyes off Mrs. Tabard. "'Thank you,' said Cameron, in an extremely sheepish manner, "'knowing that everyone was staring at him "'and knew he would be having sandwiches for his dinner. "'It took a few seconds for everyone to stop looking "'before Mr Houghton rescued Cameron "'by taking the microphone off Mrs Tabard. "'Okay, thank you, Mrs Tabard.' "'Mrs Tabard simply raised her hand in acknowledgement "'and didn't even look back as she potted off. "'She had New Year permission slips to sort "'and nothing was going to stop her. "'One day,' she thought to herself, "'one day I will teach a class.' Mr Houghton cleared his throat and put down his cup of tea in his best teacher mug that someone had bought him as a present at the end of last year. "'Well, good morning, everyone.' "'Good morning, Mr Houghton. Good morning, everyone.' All the children and some of the film crew replied in perfect monotonous unison as they did every day. It sounded ridiculous. "'We have had some great honours and experiences in the past here at Pinkleton Primary, but this, children, might be the greatest of those honors. At the end of last year, I, along with hundreds of other head teachers, were invited to enter a top secret competition organised by Shadow. The excitement grew, but Sophie wondered how a competition entered by hundreds could be top secret. I was given the challenge of convincing the people at Shadow that our school would be the best place for their team to unveil a brand new product. I have spent the last few months preparing presentations, writing letters, taking photos, trying to get evidence ready to say that our school is amazing. A few weeks later, I heard back from them saying that our school would be perfect for such an event and that we had won. The excitement grew more. So, here we are. Shadow have invited the world's media and viewers all over the planet to come to our school to hear what they have to say. I have absolutely no idea what the announcement is. Sophie also doubted that, as she could hear a slight change in his tone. But, without further ado, it gives me great pleasure, in fact it is an honour, to introduce the man behind shadow and inventions such as the self-drive car and the internet implant, Mr Alton King. The children finally exploded with excitement. Screams and shouts engulfed the field and the lights on all the cameras turned on. Reporters at the back of the children started narrating to camera where they were and what was happening to the millions of people who were tuning in to watch the news. Sophie, Yasmin and Katie stood on the benches in order to get a better view of the man, many viewed as the greatest man on the planet. From behind the curtain at the back of the stage, Alton King emerged like a vampire from a coffin. He quite simply glided effortlessly to the front of the stage. It was as if he was on wheels. Over his matchstick-like shoulders was draped a long blue coat that could have doubled as a cloak. His face was pale. He looked as if he had been kissed by death himself and brought back from the abyss. A skinny, protruding, pointy nose left his face behind by some distance, and on top of it sat a pair of circular, rimless glasses that must have served some purpose, but were surely too far from his eyes to actually work as glasses.' With just wisps of hair around his ears, the light would have reflected off the top of him had it not been for the sheer white of his head. This was the man who very rarely left the house or the office. Sophie chuckled to herself as she wondered if, based on his complexion, whether he was actually a vampire or other nocturnal mythical creature that used to come out only at night. She didn't share the joke with her two friends as they wouldn't appreciate it nearly as much as she did. Arriving at the front of the stage, King removed his coat and hung it on the back of the chair that had been left for him. Underneath his coat, he was wearing a black jumper and grey trousers. Weirdly, on his feet was a pair of bright blue trainers. This was a man who clearly did not, and would not, exercise even if his life depended on it, which it looked like it might do. King raised one hand in the air in acknowledgement of the cheers and lowered it almost immediately. The crowd fell silent. The respect he commanded was jaw-dropping. No one on the field or watching at home was shocked by the frail appearance of the world's cleverest man. He had been all over the news and technology sites since the implant had launched all those years ago. It was common knowledge that King was eccentric and more than a little unusual. He never allowed anyone to his factory at Shadow HQ. He worked completely alone and the people around the world were so grateful to him for the developments he had made that all respected his desire for privacy and so never bothered him. People put his pale complexion down to him working long hours in dimly lit rooms. In an effort to make the world a better place, he had sacrificed his health and his image. As a result, he was worshipped as a hero who'd given up so much to help the human race to advance since the olden days had finished and the mythicals had left, freeing up humans from worry about attack or incident. Thank you, King said coldly as he picked up the microphone that was left in the stand by Mr Houghton. Year six sat back on the benches and waited with anticipation to find out why he was here. Not least, Sophie, Yasmin and Katie. I imagine you're all wondering why I have called a press conference at a primary school in the middle of the country with very little warning or indication as to what it's about. King spoke with such delicate tones that nobody really noticed he wasn't that good at public speaking and he was in fact not great in front of an audience. Well, I bring good news from Shadow... For decades our world was stalked by unimaginable mythical monsters. We faced grave threats on a daily basis. Aliens, ghosts, outrageous beasts, they all came to do us harm, but those days are now long gone. Technology is now in place whereby we live fantastic lives, not facing the threats of yesterday, dealing with evils from all walks of the imagination, losing friends and relatives because of the tribulations of sharing our world with mythicals. Sophie was excited because this was the most she'd ever heard someone talk about the Mythicals in front of a large crowd, so she carried on listening attentively. "'It now gives me great pleasure to announce that I have received word "'that practically every person over the age of eleven in the developed world "'does now in fact own an implant. "'With secondary school children going back to school all over the country, "'all receiving their new present free, "'every human in recognised countries at secondary school age "'has total uninterrupted access to everything they could ever wish for.' "'The crowd clapped and cheered enthusiastically. "'Sophie looked around at everyone.' They were all happy, except for Miss Sissons, who looked to be confused and looking around for something. This has left me in a bit of a quandary. This word left most of the children at Pinkleton Primary a bit lost. Sophie whispered to Katie and Yasmin that it just meant that he didn't know what to do, but both of them looked at her displeased that she assumed they didn't know what it meant. King continued to float around the stage very slowly. His posh, well-spoken accent was soothing all of those around him, almost sending them to sleep, yet the message he was delivering had all their interests piqued. After a few months of thinking about where to take my company next, I have decided to create something that would benefit the members of the population that are always so difficult to please with my next project. A few children, Sophie included, seemed to work out who he was talking about and smiled at each other. "'I'm talking about children.' That was what Sophie thought he was going to say. She stared at Katie and Yasmin in disbelief. They just stared back also, before clapping incessantly like seals. Sophie wondered if she could read King's next thought and unveil the exact thing that she had been ranting to her dad about just last night. Sophie Hardy Saga was written and produced by Emma Dale and narrated and produced by Leona Hall. If you enjoyed it and would like to continue to follow the adventures of Sophie and her friends in coming episodes then please subscribe through one of the many podcast providers out there. The links for each of these can be found on our website. If you require more information visit our many social media channels or if you would like to purchase a hard copy of the book then be sure to check out www.sophiehardysaga.com Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy. Thank you.